0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates National Average 12 Month Savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
1: So you're saying that whenever this ends, it'll be because it's emotional as opposed to physical that you'll still be able to play the game at a high level?
0: I think so. If I was the difference is there's a huge level of commitment for your body physically at an older age because it requires so much more care now it requires care when you're younger too but at the same time there's no margin of error when you're 45 you know you take hits and you feel every hit you know and when you're younger you have your body's a lot different and when you're 45 your body changes a lot so what am i dealing with now i woke up today going holy shit it was a uh, you know, there was a few hits, and and uh, you know, you look at your arm, and you got bruises, you got cuts, and you got, you know, the way it is. And you go, okay? How much longer do I I want to make this commitment? And I obviously made the commitment for this year, and everything's going to be, you know, like always. Continue to evaluate, you know, all of these different aspects of playing. Tom Brady on the Let's Go podcast earlier this week with Jim Gray. I I. I... I was surprised by his willingness to talk openly about feeling the hits because it's not like he got blown up. He just got hit like we see quarterbacks get hit all the time. But when you're 45 and you literally are too old for this stuff, it is going to be harder to get out of bed. You are going to feel it. I don't care what kind of – pliability exercises you do and what diet you follow father time is eventually going to whoop your ass and a, a person i respect very much said five years ago and we've talked about this but it bears repeating the arm will be with him the question is the legs and when he can no longer get away from the hits and starts taking them that's when it begins to fall apart, and we assume he'll just be able to hold it together until the end of the season. Yeah, right. We assume that, but you know, one of the, one of those hits. I mean, if he gets sidelined, and is yeah, it's just he's forty five. That's right. Look at we his are legs. operating. We are operating under unprecedented circumstances, and so is he. There's there's no manual he can read. There's no one he can talk to about taking hits. At the age of 45, we've never seen it before. No, no, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, it is. And he's a tough
1: SOB. There's no question about that. He's a master in the pocket and always has been, and still pretty good there. But it, it's not the same, you know. And I know it was just one game, but I, I'm going to be interested to evaluate this as we go. First off, I. There's a lot of people in the football world, we know he lost weight during this whole personal issue thing during August, right? And uh, we've we both heard from very credible people. It was around 15, 18 pounds for a guy that's, he's not real thick to begin with, right? And then, you know uh, you know me, I'm always looking at guys' legs and butts in their uniforms. The, the back of his pants are real saggy right now. They're, they're real saggy. There's a lot of room to fill out in the butt region, okay? There's a lot. And that is something I look at. And I know I'm not the only one. I know. I know there's a lot of people that I, you know, talk to and text to that are like, oh, man, Brady Brady looks a little frailer. Brady's legs don't look the same. Now, his arm as you've discussed here, it's still like we're seeing right here is special. That's going to be the torment of him when he does retire cuz you've always said this. He's going to look at it and go, "Wait, I could still make these throws. What? Well, this guy can't do it and I could." But, you know, that that's there's a there's a lot of all time great quarterbacks that had to deal with that. I mean, John Elway. Let's think about him. He his last game he ever played, he was throwing eighty yard bombs and won the Super Bowl MVP. But the problem was what Brady explained. I've just my body to get ready for the game. I just can't take it anymore. You know that that's where it come, came down to. Brett Favre, I think the same thing. We never went like, oh no, his arm's falling off here. It's not it's not the same. It's just he can't take the punishment and the hits anymore and getting ready for the game and all that. And they're rare that way that their arms are that special, but of course, you know, they're still human and and that's a, a big struggle to deal with. There there's no doubt, and I think Brady's getting to that point. Brady sounds like a guy that is basically wanting to go, I made this commitment for this year, and that's it for this year, and I'm done after that. But he's just not gonna say that because he doesn't want to make it, you know, the biggest story
0: in the sport. And maybe that's what you need. Maybe it doesn't have to be Willie Mays struggling to play in the outfield and people feeling sorry for him because he's not the guy he used to be. You know, that obvious fall off the cliff that we all witnessed. Yeah. It's just holding it together and being able to walk away with your head held high that you maintained your own personal standard, and that's good enough. And I'm not going to have that that moment where I win a championship and walk off into the sunset because you know what? I don't think he's capable of walking off into the sunset after he wins a championship. Because I think winning a championship reignites his fire to go try to get another one. I think he needs to acknowledge that that's the way he is. Because he's had moments, he's had three of them in the last five years, where it would have been perfect to walk away. Yeah. The comeback win over the Falcons in the year where he missed the first four games due to the deflate gate suspension. I remember saying at the time he should take that trophy and stick it in the commissioner's stomach, like Paul crew to the warden and say, put this in your trophy case and walk away. Yeah. And it would have been, it would have been beautiful. And that was when his wife, and we're going to talk about some of her recent comments in a minute. That's when she started agitating him. What more do you have to prove? And then he wins number six, over the Rams. What more do you have to prove? And then she openly, and he he acknowledged it. When he goes to Tampa in his first year there, wins a Super Bowl, she goes down on the field, and she immediately begins, what, what more do you, do you, you have, have to, to prove? Right, right. What more do you have to prove? Yeah. And, and look, these are real human issues. We all have, those of us who are married, who have a, have a partner that we spend years with and build a life together, They have a say in the life that we have together. And there's a point where it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You're 45. You keep doing this. There's a point where you're just being selfish as it relates to the needs and the preferences of the family. Because what more are you gaining from this at this point? And what are you taking from us? And those those are fair considerations. And I think we are at that point. And, yes, it's private business, but these are, these are two very public human beings, and maybe we can glean some lessons from this on how to maintain balance in our own lives. But I think his family is out of whack because he continues to chase whatever it is he feels compelled to continuously chase.
1: Yeah, I, 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 I agree with everything you said there, everything you said. I think this is going to continue to be a thing, though, know, in the NFL with some of these quarterbacks. I don't know if it gets to 45, but because of the rules the way they are – you know the I, back to John Elway and some of those quarterbacks. The game was so much more brutal for the quarterbacks back in that era. Again, John I don't El- know how your dad
0: walks. I don't know how your dad. Walks I don't know on either.
1: I really don't. I'm 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 and I'm dead serious about that. If you go back and watch, you know, some of those games of John Joe Montana, Phil Simms, Troy Aikman playing those, you know, Washington, the Bears defense, the Forty ers whatever, on actual astroturf. No rules about getting hit in the head. No rules about dead weight on the body or landing on the quarterback. I mean, Elway is a physical specimen. If he played in this today's, you know, rules, he'd have played into his 40s too. There's no question. I, I mean, I don't think my, my dad would be any different. Not to say he's in the class of Elway or, or Tom Brady. But, yeah, I think that's where it's a little going to be misleading for for some of these guys. And they're going to struggle with that. Where back then, Elway was literally like, oh, my gosh. I, I got hit by 74 trains yesterday, and I, I really can't walk on a Monday. You know? And that's where you know, these quarterbacks are going to continue to be like, oh, well, I was sore, but I wasn't that bad. I, can, I think I can do it one more time, and that's going to be a struggle, especially if you can still throw the football like Brady
0: can. For those of you out there, and there are surprisingly many at this point who don't know the joy of playing on AstroTurf, Here's my own personal experience, because we used to play a lot of Sandlot football when I was a kid, and then you get to a point where you realize you're all too old to play tackle because things break and tear, and it's not good for the life that you're trying to, you know, live otherwise. But the the, the AstroTurf field was always the magical oasis when I was growing up. Because you're always you're out on grass and mud, and oh, it's astroturf, yeah, right, I remember right, right. somewhere, somehow, some way, we had access to a real astroturf field, and it's like this magical kingdom that we're going to go play. <laughs> you can't get out of bed, then nothing in your body works the next day because there's absolutely no cushion, there's no give, it's like playing on cement that just has a green carpet rolled over top of it. And so every move you make, it is jarring. It is abuse on your ankles, your knees, your hips, your yep. shoulders, your elbows. I, I remember literally not being able to move the next day, and I didn't get hurt. And everybody else who did it was the same way. And your dad lived on that stuff at home, and in most of the stadiums he played at on the road.
1: No doubt. I mean, he it was in, in the NFC East at that time, too. There was he, his favorite place to play was in Washington. Why? Because it was the only place with grass, so he loved it. Damn, it doesn't hurt when Dexter Manley and Charles Mann just bash my head into the ground. Not like the same at the old Vet when Reggie White and Clyde Simmons were bashing his head into the ground. So yeah, it's uh, it's a different game now, certainly, and you know I, I think we're gonna see. As they're saying, listen, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know how long he'll play. He seems a little different, but, you know, again, it's a guy that's – we're getting close to 40 here. He might – is he 40 or 39 or whatever? 38. 38. 38. But still playing at a really high level, and and I think a lot of these guys are going to be tormented by this situation when they get up to that age.
0: And when they get there, there will at least have been others who blazed the trail and ultimately found a way off of it. Now, for Brady, he – as you said, he's still going to be able to play. And what's he going to do? He's going to slide into the broadcast booth. And we mentioned Chris Collinsworth suggested the other night that Brady may take a year off before he starts with Fox. That's going to be part of his torment. He can't get away from it. Maybe he does need a detox year where he just has no football whatsoever because he will watch these guys play. And he will be thinking, what am I doing? Yeah. I can't do this. I the only it's It's like... You want me to not play, but I've got to sit in the stadium every week and watch somebody else play, who I know isn't as good as me. I, I he may be rethinking this whole, and this may be where the one year is coming from. Yeah, I get Take it. A year off and get reset. your family
1: back together. Get that. It seems so like you're not, there's some and things so you're there. Not, yeah. And
0: so you're not tempted. He's going to be tempted. Same way he was tempted back in March to play again. He starts seeing. I I mean, look look look. Let's project forward. Let's say this is his last year. And we'll get to his wife's comments in a minute. This is his last year. He retires. He goes to work for Fox next year. Let's just play that out. Any quarterback that tears an ACL, suffers a, a broken bone in his thumb that requires a plate and a screw, and he's gonna be out for who knows how long. The first time that happens, what are they gonna say? Yeah. Especially if it's say? a good
1: team that we go as a Super get, Bowl
0: caliber team, right. Here comes Tommy. Yeah. Here he comes. And and uh how and, and he's 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 going to have to deal with that constantly. And if there's an opportunity around Thanksgiving to slip onto a roster and go help that team and get that one more, I want that one more, I need that one more, even though it's just going to make me want another one more after that, maybe it does make sense for him to take two or three years and just just get away. And then when he comes back, maybe he won't be tempted. But that's the problem with taking this job. And, yeah, $37.5 million goes a long way toward – compensating you for dealing with that stress but Chris he's 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 gonna have his his brain his eyes his ears his body right there watching and there's gonna be a magnet that's pulling him down to the field
1: yeah there is there is I know I know It's, it's I'm I'm interested to see but yeah go, let's go let's get into Giselle and what she said let's All hear right. what she's got to say
0: so, so uh, a hard-hitting interview with Elle magazine that posted recently um There's a lot of stuff there, obviously, because it's not a sports magazine. But ultimately, there is content regarding the relationship between Giselle and Tom Brady. She said, among other things, I have my concerns. This is a very violent sport. I have my children, and I would like him to be more present. I have definitely had those conversations with him over and over again. That jumped
1: out to me right there. Over and over again. (laughs) Sorry.
0: Yeah. Dating back to Super Bowl 51, the what more do you have to prove? When they beat the Falcons down 28-3, to 3, there was no better ending, no better moment for him to walk off into the sunset. Ultimately, she said, I feel that everybody has to make a decision that works for them. He needs to follow his joy, too. I mean, hey, and th- this is the balance. We are in a family. We're in an ecosystem. Chris, you and I are in that. People who listen to the show, a lot of them are are in it's it's a it's a balance. There's what you want, there's what the family needs. There's what the family wants. It's little things and it's big things. It's where we're we gonna go on vacation this year. I don't want to go there. I wanna go somewhere else. It's the little compromises you make. What are you gonna have for dinner? I don't want that. I want something else, but that's fine. That's fine. I'll I'll eat that. It's just It's little things and it's big things and it's everything in between. And it's a big thing when you're talking about dad's job causes him to be completely focused on his work for seven months and nothing else for seven months or six months. The case may be minus 11 days, but that's the commitment that he makes to have his body ready all the time he spends away from home, the travel, the distraction; he's not present. Yeah, not like other dads are. No, and uh, no. there's a po- there's a point where there's a point where she's fully justified in putting her foot down. I, the, the, whoever interviewed her suggested that the, that she's getting some sort of sexist reaction by people. I I don't know that anybody is blaming her for anything. I, I'm sympathizing. I understand what's going on. This is this these are real life issues. This is part of the broader balance that every family has to try to to achieve.
1: Yeah, I, well, I think there's been some, you know, maybe men on social media have been like, you know, oh, just let well, him play and let the man do what he wants, right? Well, so I think that's I'm, Well, hilarious. but they're, they're talking about yeah. the
0: media being sexist, and yeah. I don't pay attention to a whole yeah, lot of things I don't, things know, that other I don't say, either. But I haven't seen anyone trending because they made some over the top sexist remark about Giselle no. wanting her husband to stop taking violent hits when, she's, when he's 45 years old. Yeah. She said five years ago. To Charlie Rose, he's had concussions. He has concussions. I want him to be around when he's 100. There's nothing wrong with that. And we're five years later, and he's still going. No, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's hard. And it, it is, like, you know, again, you don't
1: travel a lot as an NFL football player, so that is a good thing. But being present when you're actually present is is a thing. I can speak to that for sure. You know, my dad in a big week, a big game. They lost after a game. Yeah, we were sitting in the same, you know, family room watching TV on a Sunday night, but he wasn't present. He was like thinking about, oh, oh, crap. You know, we lost and what could I have done different? And what's Bill Barcells going to say to me? And how many four letter words am I going to get tomorrow thrown in my way? So it, it wasn't. And then, you know, then let's start the grind over again. So there's that. And then you do miss, you know, football games and your kids activities and all of that. And again, that's the sacrifice that's made. And, and, and listen, my dad was the man and he's awesome. And um, he's the greatest dad a kid for, could wish for, you know, and, and being able to go to a game on Sunday that, that, that took up for, okay. Yeah. Dad didn't hear some of the things I said on Thursday night. Cause he was in his own world thinking about plays and oh no, Reggie White's coming for me once again. Okay. So what, you know, it was great, but yeah, this is a guy that's accomplished everything. He's been doing it for 22 years kids are getting up there wife is starting to get you know hey come on let's let's move on with life here and and i understand her her uh, approach to that as well so it, it's a tough balance it really is and he's the most driven stubborn quarterback we've ever seen and that's what's made him so great
0: and and uh, you know chris i know for us like as the season approaches when the season gets started i i you know i i i'm not always paying attention i me too. To conversations in the house right my I'm son was making engaged. fun of me
1: last night yeah. yeah
0: yeah i'm not engaged with what's actually happening you yeah. know i i i don't want the dog coming into my office when i'm busy and you know i mean right. it, it's it and it's you start to feel bad but it's 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 just it it's it's a daily challenge and it's it's complicated by the fact that he is in a spot that no one's ever been in before. Yeah. 45 years old, still playing pro football at a high level and doing everything he can to hold his body together long enough to keep going. And his wife justifiably wanting him to just walk away. Remember, we we had the text messages back and forth. I think Matt Casey was the one who spotted this. When they were getting the crap kicked out of them by the Rams in the divisional round. Right. And they cut to, oh, Giselle. to Giselle. She couldn't even watch, right? She wasn't even watching. She, well, well, but there was a sense that f- this is finally over. Yeah, right, right, right. The, and, and it's not that she said it, but just the you know the body language, the demeanor, that not not uh, oh come on, let's come back and win or dismay that they're losing, just relief. This is finally over, and I. I at some point, it has to be over. At some point, he does have to acknowledge he is too old to continue to play. Let someone else take over. Let the younger guys do it because it is a physical violent game, and it's in his own best interest at some point to just walk away. Yeah
1: no I, yeah, yeah it's it's uh hey, it's tough and and again, yeah, they do. they want, I think the bottom line is Giselle wants her husband, she wants the father. And she doesn't want to be 15 years down the road, and you know Tom looking at it, going, "What's your name? Who are you? I'm your wife, Giselle." Oh, that's sorry, I've been hitting the head too many times. I understand that concern. It's it's a real concern. There's no doubt about it. So. Uh, I really think when all is said and done here, and especially with all the current events in and, and August and all that, this is it for Brady. I think you know that. I know that. He's always claimed 45 was the number, and I think that's part of the stubbornness of why he came back because that's who he is. I said this. I'm going to do it. I said I was going to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to do it. That's what makes him great, and uh, you know, that's just part of the, the struggle of probably
0: living with him as the, the significant other as well. But the real question is, will he be able to walk away if he doesn't walk away with a Super Bowl win, and will he be able to walk away if he does get that last Super Bowl win? I think it's easier for him to walk away without the most recent Super Bowl championship because, as he always says, when you ask him what's your favorite ring, it's the next one. At some point, he's got to forget about the next one and take a look back at the ones he's earned and pick one of those as his favorite. Let's go ahead and take a break. Power Rankings are up and we'll answer some of the questions that are at least free from any swear words or over-the-top insults, although there were plenty yesterday, because folks are passionate. Stick around for a discussion about the Week 2 Power Rankings. We'll be right back. What the bleep are you thinking? Around any corner, within every battle, Power rankings time. Now look, there's always going to be some shake up from week one to week two because we're actually playing the game. Some fans out there believe that the top sixteen team should consist exclusively of the teams that won in week of one. Course the not. bottom sixteen should consist of the losers. That's not how it works. No. Just if the Bears happen to outscore the 49ers, doesn't mean the Bears are gonna jump the 49ers. The Vikings beat the Packers. That doesn't mean the Vikings are gonna jump the Packers. It's one game. But it's amazing to me how many people think, "Hey, my team beat the other team. My team should be higher than the other team." Yeah, that's not how
1: power rankings work, people. That's right. It's it's a, in totality. And and listen, the element like you, you may have brought up like a great example there. You know, when we were talking on Sunday, I thought, "Oh, well." right like oh man the rain might be a good thing for the 49ers cuz it, it won't put too much pressure on Trey Lance and they'll run the ball but like watching that game back no the rain screwed over the 49ers they're the team with all the speed and weapons and everybody they were slowed down by the slop of the rain you know take your example of you know the Bengals and the Steelers there you know again uh, the Bengals they literally crapped down their leg, peed down their leg at the same time on, on separate legs and still should have won the game. So that doesn't mean Pittsburgh just gets to be better. I look at that game and go, man, if they played, you know, 10 times, I still think the Bengals are going to win eight of them. So you're, you're exactly right there. And I, I don't know how Uno here can can say that, that they're just wild. I I didn't think anything you did here was totally wild or crazy.
0: You know, as I said earlier in the program, I never could have had a dartboard big enough that would have had a spot on it where I, as a kid growing up in Wheeling, West Virginia, I end up with a live show that is broadcast in London every day for crying out loud, but also getting called out by Uno. One of the ever-present card games when I was a kid, we played a lot of Uno. Don't, hey, Uno, don't make me regret playing Uno when I was a kid. And don't make me drop a deuce on you, Uno. Oh, wow. Uh, wow. As, I, as I declared my well, – I, what? I don't know what that term means. Yeah. Well, as I declared myself a member of Team Yahtzee yesterday in response to Uno. So <laughs> some free advertising for Uno. Well done by the social media team. We are reminded of the fact that the game Uno still exists. Yeah, just, I played it a lot as a
1: kid, too. You're right. I haven't, it doesn't seem like many kids are playing Uno anymore or anybody like that. So maybe they can make a resurgence thanks if they just keep. And, and I'm all for it. Uno, if you want to make a weekly appearance and keep, you know going after Florio in his rankings. That, I'm cool with that.
0: That's all right. We'll hey, g- Uno, we'll you Uno, free love. listen, free invitation. Uno, I want your feedback. But you might get numero week. uno every now and then, okay, Uno? So watch out. That's okay. I will be ready to drop deuce in the event that they give me numero uno. Um, board games, I, here we go. I know the music is coming. But when I was a kid, like, we didn't have video games. Yeah. We had three channels. Right. <laughs> I knew it but it was fun to play board games. It was fun. Yahtzee monopoly. Has anybody ever actually finished a game of monopoly? Because you get to a point where I it's haven't. just so damn tedious. Right. right. And you just kind of, everybody's just kind of like, all right, let's go do something else. Um, anyway, no, there's too many monopoly other things know. now. I mean, it, we, it, we it, it's, to,
1: I can't even get my son I, to sit down and watch Monday night football with me. Cause he's like, wait, I want to go in the other room. There's a, youtuber i want to watch or you know he wants to flip through his phone and i'm i'm stopping that crap lately i'm i'm you know the season started at schedule time and i'm like no you're gonna uh, we're done with the phone it's 7:30. put the freaking thing down oh no you can come in here and watch tv with me and watch the game or you can go to bed that's uh, i'm going old school on him now i'm sick of it i really am
0: uh, parenting advice from Chris Sin. Yeah, you get a little bit of everything when you watch this show. All right, back to the power rankings. Uh, big jumps made. Uh, dolphins. I probably should add more faith in the Dolphins going in. Now I had the Dolphins behind the Patriots in the power rankings, but I picked the Dolphins to win the game. Again, the power rankings are not a predictive device. They are a snapshot on where the teams are in my estimation, and it's just me. We don't have any panel discussions. We don't do a vote. It's just me. It's one of the great things of having a media outlet dictatorship. I can do whatever I want. I make the rankings however I want. I didn't suggest in those rankings that the Patriots, you know, were going to beat the Dolphins, and, and who knows where it'll go. But I was happy with what the Dolphins did, so they move up to number 12. And the Patriots, I didn't like what they did, so they dropped three spots. I mean, again, it's all very subjective. I enjoy it because it's all – Pasta in Meatballs gut reaction to where I think the league is at any given moment. And typically that moment is on a Tuesday morning after we've completed a week of games.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I hear you. And, and again, it's not always just reactionary to, oh, that team won. We got to put them there. And you know, I, I like some of the things you did in here. I really do. I mean, I look at it and go, uh, I like your one and two. I think that's where I would go with it. I think your one, two, and three are spot on. I don't know if I feel as strong as you about the Ravens. I'm glad you kept the Eagles at five. I, I, or not, not kept them, but moved them up. You know, that's another point. I saw some comments there about, well, the lions are 30 and you got the Eagles at five and they almost came back and won. Yeah. You know, I, I get it. But like the Eagles went through a thing of when the game was competitive and emotions were high, they were whooping that, you know what? And they took the foot off the gas pedal, started getting into a little bit like complacencies, normal defenses, and I think that led to a closer game than maybe we'd have liked to. Detroit came back like that against the 49ers last year in week one, too. Were we ready to say Detroit should be right next to the 49ers in the power rankings? Absolutely not. So that, that's where I think people need to you know, come to a little different realization, at least in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and that's the Dr. J144 question. If the Lions are one of the worst teams in the NFL, as your rankings indicate, why is Philadelphia so high after barely beating them? Look, one of the realities for the Ravens and the Eagles – once you got past the first couple teams last week, well, the Rams lost, Bucks won, Bills won, Chiefs won, and the Bucks actually dropped a spot even though they won because it wasn't very impressive. But once you get past them, a lot of the teams that we had lost in the top 10. Yeah. So somebody had to go up, somebody had to climb. The, the Eagles won, and yeah, it was 38-35, but that was very misleading. That's one of those scores that you see it the next day, and you think, hey, they had a barn burner. Close game, exciting game. No, no. It was, yet again, a week one backdoor cover by the Dan Campbell Lions. They did it to the 49ers last year, fell into a deep hole, and almost clawed their way back. And the same thing against the Eagles. It was a blowout, and then the Lions woke up and scored some garbage time points and made it a backdoor cover, so... It, it it's 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 always a weird week but especially when a lot of your teams in your top 10 lose and most of the teams in my week one top 10 lost that doesn't mean they're disqualified from top 10 status they slide down some but yeah, you know, we we know week one is meaningless it's always meaningless teams are going to be far different when january rolls around and we're going to see it play out one game at a time
1: yeah that, that's right exactly right and you know, that's it's uh it, week one is hard. It, it is. You don't know. We had a bunch of new coaches who, in my opinion, you know, there's a reason these rookie head coaches were what, 4-1 other than Nathaniel Hackett who could have very easily made it 5-0 and zero, as far as just guys that are first-time head coaches, not counting Josh McDaniels because he's been a head coach before and some of the, you know, other ones like that. But it's because they do have a tactical advantage to a degree a little in these kind of matchups. Kevin O'Connell, Mike McDaniel. You know, that company there, Brian Dable. You don't know exactly what to expect from the team. Wait, how is he going to play as the head coach? What's their style going to be? There's no tendencies. There's no book on these guys yet. So that doesn't mean that they're on the better team. You know, again, I think if the Titans and Giants play 10 times, I'm going to take the Titans to win the majority of those games. There's no doubt about it. But week one, ball bounces a funny way, catch you by surprise here or there, and the lesser team can win.
0: Here's one more from Gong Show West. If Jimmy Garoppolo was the starting quarterback week two and beyond, would you rank the 49ers higher than number nine? That's a hell of a question. That is a good question. What do you say? I don't. I don't know. I probably. <laughs> I got to look at the list again. I think I would probably, probably would put them higher. They're currently behind the Packers, Bengals, Ravens. I probably would have, if I knew that they were shifting to Garoppolo i probably put them at seven. I probably wouldn't have knocked them down at all. I would have treated the week one loss as a mulligan and left them at number seven.
1: Yeah, okay. I got you. I got no no issue with that. I hear you. That's, that's going to be the interesting thing to watch with this football team going forward. It is. You know, hopefully they're not playing in the monsoon this week. And, you know, their speed of their running game and their quarterback speed and Devo Samuel and you know not fumbling a wet football and all that can can kind of show their true colors there. Um you well know, other ones that I was looking at. The Saints at 19 is one that pops out to me just as a as a guy that goes, you know again I know they came back and won the football game but I'm surprised you have them that low. I'm so, I didn't realize you had them that low to start just cuz I thought, you know, we were both in the we believe in the Saints a little bit club there. Um So that didn't really sway your opinion with the way they came back and Jameis kind of looked good.
0: I'm in the who replaces Sean Payton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're right. You are. And and I still need to see that. Right. And yeah, they were down, they've never come back from being down sixteen points in the fourth quarter, but they were down sixteen points in the fourth quarter. They looked awful until the fourth quarter, and that's when and you know, I was I was on radio with someone yesterday and they interpreted Jameis Winston's remarks because remember I talked to him after the game and we had it on football night in America that you put all this time into game planning and trying to guess what the defense is going to do. And there's a point where you just have to throw it out the window and let your playmakers make plays. I guess you could interpret that as a slap at the coaching staff. I didn't. I thought it was positive from Jameis Winston. Exactly. That, hey, you know, we, we came up with a crappy plan and it wasn't working and we just kind of threw it out the window and then it worked. No, it's, it's an acknowledgement that sometimes your, your plan isn't going to work and you have to have the flexibility to pivot Nathaniel Hackett to a different plan on the fly. So yeah, that's right. I think what happened ultimately was positive, but again, it's not like they came back and beat a great team. They were down 16 to a team that is, is in the lower part of the league. And uh, we'll see, we'll see what the saints do. Hey, and anytime anybody complains, especially if they have a big game coming up, that's my response. Saints, you want to climb higher, beat the Buccaneers this week, make it five and zero against Tom Brady in the regular season during his time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then you will definitely climb we're going to take a break. When we return, both of the guys who had significant injuries, we thought, in week one, significant players, T.J. Watt and Dak Prescott, got some good news yesterday. We'll tell you what it is when PFT Live continues right after this.
1: Let me say this, man. We're probably in a lot better place than we were after the game, and and usually that's the case, and that's why I don't always say too much um, after game, even though there might be speculation out there. Um, I can definitively say that T.J. won't play this week, um, but I won't make any commitments beyond that. Um, We're encouraged, and and we'll just continue to look at the situation and and gain opinions and do what's appropriate.
0: Mike Tomlin, encouraging news on T.J. Watt, who... Suffered a pectoral injury on Sunday, and the lip readers out there saw him say, I tore it as he came to the sideline. There was concern he was going to be out for the season, that he would need surgery. We said on Football Night in America that there was optimism that that he'll be back sooner than later, and it sounds like he will be. Mark Caboli of The Athletic, who's covered the Steelers for the entirety of Mike Tomlin's time there, said, based on what he said yesterday, he he wouldn't say that if he didn't believe it. So we're going to see T.J. Watt. We may see him maybe in as little as six weeks, Chris, which is great news for the Steelers.
1: Yeah, huge news, huge, because I, I still don't have great confidence in that offense, and I think their defense needs T.J. Watt and his playmaking ability, which was special on Sunday once again. I mean, him and Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick, it isn't for those three. They don't win the game. I mean, they were and, – and, and even a Highsmith off the edge. You know, They were beasts, but, yeah, they need him. they got to play through their defense. That's that's where their bread and butter is and he's just such an awesome football player. He's so disruptive. He's kind of the lifeline of their defense, the energy of their defense. You know, but this is one where I do like okay, maybe he's back week 7 or week 8. You I just it's I, I just, you know, I wonder how good he'll be. How effective he'll be. He's not going to be able to lift weights or do anything like that here in the meantime the strength isn't going to be the same and I always worry about re-injury with these type of things so I just just this is one where I just go I hope they take it take it slow don't don't rush them back just for the sake of rushing them back
0: we talked about that yesterday as it relates to Dak Prescott and here we are yeah Dr. Jerry Jones Uh yesterday on 105.3 the fan in Dallas talking about the timeline for Dak Prescott which is far different than what we initially were led to believe
1: yeah it's uh I think what we're going to do here is we
0: won't be putting him on IR which means that we want him to be a consideration for playing within the next four games. We will not put him on IR. We feel very good after surgery, after listening to the medical people, that Dak has a real chance to be back out there throwing the ball pretty quick. If we thought he wasn't going to be ready to go for uh, four games until after four games we would put him on IR. we're not doing that we think he can come in and play so we don't want to uh, not have him out there practicing we want him uh, getting prepared and we'll see how he uh, handles this thing how it uh, heals mainly how he can uh, his strength how he can grip the ball what his status is that's jerry jones again chris sorry i didn't make it no all as good clear as i could have that i was thrown to the south but Not putting him on IR is big because you carry him on the roster then. And that's one fewer spot that you have on your 53-man roster for anyone else, like, say, a quarterback. I mean, Dak was the only quarterback on the active roster. They brought Cooper Rush up from the practice squad as part of the elevation thing that you can do. Um, And uh, they're going to need, I would think, two quarterbacks on the active roster or one and a guy from the practice squad that you bring up. But uh, they're going to get through it. And and he may be back. So if they knew he definitely was missing four weeks, they would put him on IR. So they're going to try to get him back within four weeks, which is great news uh, for the Cowboys because it means that, that the season isn't automatically over. But to your point, are they bringing him back too early?
1: Uh, this is one where I do have a little concern there. I, I'm not. I'm not going to lie. Just because it's Dallas and it's Jerry and it's – the panic is already starting and, you know, Jerry runs the team and probably said something in his own slick way to Dak, you know. I think you could get back early. I mean, uh, you know, I know enough stories about Jerry. That's the way he can be. He can be very convincing to no matter who it is, anybody. So that's where – this is one I'm going to put under the classification of I got to see it to believe it. I got to see it to believe it. That's hopeful surgery thumb Man, I mean, I just, i four weeks? Wow, I, I would be shocked to see it. This one does feel to me like, whoa, we didn't look good. Whoa, we're desperate to have you back. Whoa, can you do anything to get back earlier? What's that, surgeon? You said it was a good surgery? Oh, well, okay. And then Dax, a competitor and wants to be back and says the right things. Again, I know this is all speculative, but uh, I don't know. It just seems a little fishy to me. Like I said, I got to see it to believe it on this one.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, and I think they're targeting the game at the Rams Week Five, one week before a trip to Philadelphia on Sunday Night Football, NBC and Peacock. So, uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just see because there's a big drop off from Dak Prescott to Cooper Rush. And as I said yesterday, you got to ask yourself what percent Dak Prescott is better than 100 percent Cooper Rush. You're talking about a plate and a pin, and I I. I would say give the guy more time. The problem is no one in that cocoon is going to be saying, let's take more time. The player wants to play. The team wants him to play. And chances are we're going to see him back on the field. And we're going to wonder why he's not playing as well. We'll know why. Just like Russell Wilson last year after he rushed back from that finger that got mangled when he jammed it into Aaron Donald's arm. He wasn't the same guy. No, he, he was came not. back Before he should have right. come back.
1: Right. No, you're right. That that'll be the the big thing is yeah. Even if he does get back in a timely manner, you just go okay. Is it going to be good? I mean, is he going to be able to hit an open receiver down the field? Is he going to have control of the football? Uh, as we discussed on on yesterday a little bit, the thumb the thumb is the most important finger. As far as throwing the football, as I'm concerned, you can't really control it or grip it or make any awkward throw if your thumb doesn't have a good grip on there. So, uh, you know, that's where it's going to be interesting as we go. And I'll be interested to see how
0: quickly he heals from this and is back on the practice field. We may need a ruling from the back room on this. The thumb is the most important finger, maybe a Simsism. Because the thumb is not a finger. Oh, that, the thumb that's is an appendage. Right, right. I got you. Right. Yes. I, so, I forgot about that. I don't know that that, that counts. I don't, I don't think know that it that does. Counts. I think you're it getting doesn't.
1: technical on me there. You know? You know, I, I think most people in the world go, hey, you got ten fingers on your hand. Like, they don't go, oh, you got True. eight fingers and two appendages. Like, they don't do that. Yeah. So, don't get too technical lawyer guy but, over there. But, but it is <laughs> it is
0: the the opposable thumb. The The opposable thumb is the thing that has allowed us to climb to the top of the food chain. But for the opposable thumb, wow, we would be foraging, we would be running from wild Damn. animals that were Damn. trying to eat us. So, so thank thumb. you Thank you, opposable thumb. Oh, damn, that is, the, man! But
1: with, with all the animals in the animal kingdom, man, would they do they wish we didn't have thumbs? Holy crap!
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the world would probably be a better place. It probably would be. I was going to
1: say that too. Without the thumb, <laughs> we might be in a better place altogether.
0: <laughs> um, well, and who did I, I? I I I wish I could remember who uh, who I heard say this about how. Um, I think it may have been an old George Carlin bit. This is how long it's been around. You'll appreciate this, and we got some time, Captain Planet. Yeah. That that how humans are destroying the earth. Uh, the earth will be fine. The, the, the earth isn't what's gonna be destroyed right. in this equation. Yeah. Yeah. The earth the earth knows how to do the old control alt delete when your computer wasn't working right. The the earth will persevere. That's that's not the problem it's not save the planet it's it's uh, save the people who currently think they're in control of it even though they're not let's go ahead and take a break some feats of strength from week one plus a buy the hype draft coming up later leonard on
1: for oh look
0: at this the devastating chip block on leonard Fournette on the long pass from tom brady that's an interesting conversation Jones. shoulder to shoulder Von Miller didn't like it. This block must be taken out of the game. This is the future, and we are just letting the offense tee off on our marquee pass rushers. You can get the job done without this much contact. Uh, Michael Parsons also didn't like it. He used some choice language, directed it. Leonard Fournette, who responded with the crying Jordan meme, which was actually uh, all that Leonard Fournette had to say. I, I was confused by this when I saw there it is. Um, when when I saw that Von Miller was complaining, I thought we were talking about another inside the tackle box low hit to the leg situation. This is shoulder to shoulder, high up. It wasn't the head. It wasn't the legs. It was shoulder to shoulder. Well, how would you even begin to change the rules? Don't hit the guy too hard. You you put it. You put a meter on him. Like I, the, old, the old thing at the carnival, if you hit the thing and it hits the bell, if you hit it so hard it hits the bell, it's a flag. It's a, it's a clean, legal, hard hit. I,
1: it, it's a tough one. It is. I, I, I know. But I I, I I find myself, you know, in this age when we're talking about this type of stuff and player safety all the time and it just where it is, you know, brutally unnecessary. Does that make sense? Unnecessarily brutal. That's That's probably the better way to say that. To where but it's
0: Michael Parsons. What I, are you going to do? I not See it coming.
1: I, I got to hit it. him hard. Yeah, I get it. You know, and I think to your point, yeah, I don't know how you stop it either because he could be rushing against the offensive tackle, right? And then the left guard comes and cleans you out too, where you go, oh man, that that's tough. But uh, that that is a big time blow. It, it, it is, and, and and you know, again, I do feel for these defensive guys, just like the the, the T.J. Watt hit in the preseason, the same one on Kayvon Thibodeau with the Giants where there just doesn't seem to be any rules to protect these guys, and at least not the same way as the offense is being protected. And that's what I think bothers me more than anything. Just like the other night, you and I talked about this, the Seattle-Denver game. They got the rookie corner in Seattle. Javante Williams lowered his head and put his head into the guy's shoulder. Uh, uh, Wooten, the rookie from UT San Antonio. Put it in his shoulder. Lowered his crown of his head. If the defense guy did that, there would have been 75,000 flags on the field, and they would have gone, whoa, that he lowered his head. But when the offense guy does it, nobody gives a crap. And that's where it bothers me as a football player and a guy that tries to be fair to both sides there. So I understand that, like the complaint with Von Miller and Micah Parsons, but to your point, I don't know how you police it or stop it
0: either. It's really a tough one there. I remember when they passed the rule – years ago uh that you couldn't hit a guy low who was, was engaged, engaged. see that's
1: something like that right right so
0: if you're engaged you can't hit the guy at all like you taking away double teams i that's where I, it's hard like, to
1: find the line i
0: know i know h- how do you how do you tell the difference between a legitimate up high double team block versus a guy who's engaged gets hit by someone who is moving toward the opposing goal line, this isn't a blindside block situation. This is a legitimate time when Michael Parsons needs to have his head on a swivel. And Leonard Fournette shouldn't have to run through the potential scenarios of whether P- Parsons is is getting around the guy, I, I know. is coming I at know. him. You're right. I mean, the whole idea is, this guy's one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. You take him out of the play, you neutralize him. Yeah. And and, and Chris, I, I, I am not, A fan of anyone ever saying, you know, we're we're making the game weak, we're making people soft. I always hate that comment, and they're different. Yeah, yeah, Those people, I
1: want to go go get in that middle of that field, and then come back to me later, and we'll talk about that, you idiot. But like, I, I feel
0: like I feel like the hyper attention that's being paid to health and safety, which is good, right? I think this is an unintended consequence of it because we're seeing. What always was, what always has been, what still is, and what what frankly should be part of the game. Yeah. Every I know. once in a while, somebody's gonna hit somebody harder than they want to be hit. Yeah. And and that's never leaving the game. It is still a violent sport. But I think that and, and I this is where Vaughn Miller's coming from. We all this talk about health and safety, health and safety, health and safety. I don't think there's any rule that you can write that protects a guy. From from getting knocked on his ass. I know. I think sometimes it's yeah. legal to knock a guy on his ass.
1: No, I I know. I, I, I listen. I I'm with you. I just I I feel for the defensive players. Is the point I'm trying to make? And yeah, is that excessive? Yeah, it, it is probably. But yes, I know. I don't know how you police it or stop it. And. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I I don't know either either way. And, and again, I'm with you too. in the basic fact
0: that- Newtonian physics. I mean, what, these are two big, strong guys. Yeah, that's and right. Something's
1: got to give. That's right. And you know, Fournette's freaky. He is freaky. Let's. There's a reason he was the number four pick of the draft or whatever. I mean, he's and, and now he's got some extra weight on him, and he was freaky strong to begin with, but. You know, it's it's I I understand the complaint from those guys who are constantly being watched about how aggressive they hit the offensive guys and you're just allowed to tee on them, tee off on them. That's where I, I do feel for Micah and Von Miller.
0: I just uh, the, I guess the rule would be you can't hit a guy who's engaged with a blocker. You just can't hit him.
1: Yeah, but your point is, I think, the real point, and I tried to say that too. Like, okay, now you got Michael Parsons on the left tackle. We're going to get mad at the left guard who comes over and helps him out and kind of cleans him out too? That's rare. I don't know how you police exactly. it. I don't know how you police right. I don't a double
0: team. And, and like, is, is Leonard Fournette just supposed to stand there and wait to see if Parsons beats the left tackle? Is that no, what he's supposed I, I, to do? I know.
1: You're right. He did exactly what he was coached. I mean, it was out of a textbook right there. Trust me. He got applauded for that block uh, on Monday morning when they watched the film.
0: Before we take a break, Tony Dungy had an interesting tweet. to Tavon Miller and Michael Parsons, this is one time when being active on social media might backfire on you. I think every offensive coordinator in the NFL will be using running backs and tight ends to chip you now that they know it bothers you. Be on the lookout for chips until they change the rule. And I'd love to hear from Coach Dungey, and I'm sure we'll talk to him this weekend about it, what the rule change would be and and how hard it would be to enforce the idea that you can't go hit a guy, you can't go chip a guy, and, and I guess it's just know it when you see it, when he's actively being engaged. But Well, this is if, this if he's not fair. if he's not engaged, then you can. It's just this is gonna be a if, if it's this is a very slippery slope. That Vaughn Miller wants the league to go on.
1: Yeah, no, I, it is. It's a slippery slope. I uh, again, those are two guys that you know, off of Co- Coach Dungy's point, that you know, every team is looking for their back to chip those guys when they come off the edge. I don't think it's going to put. I don't think it's going to put any more of a bullseye on them. Any. We already know that they're they're the freaking man. Both of those guys. Now, what teams do do to stop that? Right, is they might have a linebacker fake a blitz right so now the running back has to go over there and go oh I gotta help out on the blitz and now he's okay oh wait that guy dropped out it's too late for him to chip and you see a lot of the good defenses do that, so now their defense and can be one-on-one, and there's not that issue. So that's one thing that defenses, or at least a lot of good defenses, do to combat that, to stop that from happening. Um, but, yeah, there's definitely going to be you know, a little bit of a, a extra attention on this subject here now.
0: All right, let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, we're going to do a by-the-hype draft. Who, based on week one, are we all in for? We'll do that when PFT Live continues right after this all right time to draft the people teams whatever where we're buying the hype and we actually have bought enough time to have a trivia question today oh a rare sighting it's like sasquatch walking through the woods where he would be in full control if we lacked opposable thumbs
1: What do you have? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Is he real? I don't know. I mean, I got my daughter who's like 16 still thinks he's real. She watches all those stupid shows and everything. And she's, she's still trying to argue with me that it's real. So I don't know. Um, all right. This is very on topic for today. How many cards are in a deck of uno? more free advertisement for uno
0: yeah hey uno uno uh, <laughs> let's let's have a check here at some point Uno. um i mean 52 is in the standard card deck so i have a feeling it's not that but it's going to be in an, an even number i'm just gonna say 48
1: yeah now you're a little low there. there is 112 in the deck 112? of uno well right I, get the hell
0: out of here uno
1: i wasn't i was uno. surprised by that too
0: One hundred and twelve. Right. Maybe they've changed the rules since I was a kid. I don't know. All right. Well, you get the first pick and, Uno, more free advertising. PFT Live brought to you by Yahtzee. Yeah.
1: Um, All right. I'm going to give one to uh, a little like I'm trying to look at some some love to people. We haven't given it to yet. And the first one I'm going to do is Saquon is back, baby. I don't know if the G-Men are back yet. But Saquon is back, and I'm buying that hype. I am. I mean, he had three rockets up his ass on Sunday, period. It's it's special when Saquon's healthy, okay? And, and uh, it just, to me, I'm going to buy the fact that he's going to be a weapon throughout the year yet. We haven't talked a lot about that game over the last two days. I don't know how much you got to talk about it on Monday, but that was a big win, and they don't win – Unless Saquon Barkley breaks that, what was it, a 68-yarder down the left sideline? The game changed from that point, so I give him a lot of credit. Glad to see him back in action there.
0: Healthy, motivated, contract year, chip on his shoulder, rock it up his butt. I guess that's the best combination. That is, right? uh, If he stays healthy, it's going to be a special year, comeback player of the year, and who knows what else for the Giants, for Saquon Barkley. But if they're going to contend, they need him to keep playing like he did. I I, I mean, look, about it. are you going to, I know you are. As soon as going, you start I'm doing your wishy-washy, yeah, of course you are. No, but, but look, we've been saying all off season, he's I know. going to be the Cooper cup. He's going to be the Cooper cup. And what happened right out of the gates? He's the Cooper cup. He's the Cooper <laughs> right. cup of that offense. And, and it would, it would be, as you said, the the Packers were aware that number 18 in purple is pretty damn good. It would be nice to cover him. But I think part of it is the way they're going to move him around before the snap is not going to be easy to do. No. Because he's already gaining separation before the ball is even in the hands of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I, I don't understand the game plan all there that way. And, you know, and, and
1: even watching that back, they didn't move him around as much as I thought watching him. You know, but what I want to just question is like Green Bay has two first-round corners. Did, did we draft two first-round corners to play zone the whole time? That's I don't understand that all the time. I know you can't play man-to-man every play, but I, I don't get that. And, yeah, he was special, and I think you're right. He's on the way to Cooper Cupville. Um, here's one, another one I'm going to give a little love to. The commander's pass pass attack, Wentz and his weapons. Uh, I, I think I'm, I'm going to buy the hype that I believe they're going to have to ride his right arm in the passing game for them to win. I, I don't think their O-line and their running attack is going to be good enough. But Wentz, who's got a big arm, can push the ball down the field. We've seen him kick some butt in the league before with some of those weapons. Those three receivers added to Logan Thomas at tight end. I think they're going to be a a handful to cover them week in and week out.
0: I'll go with the Buffalo defense. I thought it was funny the other night during the game when I think Chris Collinsworth said, hey, the Bills may be providing the blueprint for slowing down the Rams offense. Yeah, as long as you can just put Von Miller on whichever team yeah, the Rams right. are facing. Right. Having him there and being able to get consistent pressure with four, dropping seven into coverage, keeping everything in front of you, stymieing offenses, and, and not letting them match what they're seeing Josh Allen and company do. That's got to make it even more frustrating. You see the Buffalo offense slice and dice and – and we're not letting your offense do anything. Right. It's a great combination if the Bills can keep it going. All right, uh, we'll do round three when we wrap up this Wednesday edition of PFT Live right after this. All right, round three of the Buy the Hype draft. Chris has the first pick because I did not know there are 112 cards in a deck of Uno, but I now do. Chris, what do you got? Yep, we'll never forget it. We'll never. I'm
1: going to go with, um, just have a little fun with that... Um um Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs will be good still without Tyree Kill I'm gonna buy that hype somehow some way I am I don't understand I never I never understood that you know I'm being sarcastic of everybody like, criticizing that uh over this last offseason but yeah the way they look the way he looks they're gonna be fine guaranteed gonna have a top five offense in football
0: I asked earlier during a break whether this is good hype or bad hype before realizing it's kind of stupid to call any hype bad. It's necessarily good. But I pose that question because I think I'm buying the hype as it relates to the return of Jimmy G. I think he's going to be back. I think he's going to be playing. I think that he will help the 49ers out of whatever hole they may find themselves in. They're 9.5-point favorites against the Seahawks this weekend. That's a little surprising. I don't know that Trey Lance is up to that task, Chris, but I think we're going to see Jimmy G. I think you and I both agree on that. Yeah, I
1: I definitely think it could happen. Seattle has defended Shanahan pretty well. That's what's scary.
0: That's it for today. See ya. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last.